0: welcome to mlb daily your one-stop shop for daily baseball content i am lj lafura alongside me i've got brandon karam we are a belly up sports podcast we are what they aren't and we're here vibing with you because you're here vibing with us brandon how you doing
2: we are vibing lj um we're doing good. Uh, the Yankees lost first game of the Subway Series. We've got Domingo Herman on the mound tomorrow. Things are not good in Yankee land right now. But the good thing is, is that no one cares about game results this week because it's the trade deadline. So, right? Am how I right?
0: True, how true that is.
2: Yeah. We'll just, you know, we can lose whatever this week and we'll be fine. Sure.
0: It won't matter once you have the whole league on your team next year. Next yeah, That's sure. That's the plan, well, right?
2: Yeah, and I, LJ, I think our plan for the episode today we're just gonna talk about what two or three guys and their 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 trades. Definitely not trying to go too long tonight, but um, just a few a few things that we've been reading about. Um, yeah, look at
0: some guys being dudes about to be dudes in other places.
2: Well, LJ, my first question, I feel like we'll just start off with this. You know, we haven't seen any movement yet. In your opinion, when is the first domino to fall?
0: Um, well, let me say this. I think the first domino already has fell, and that was the international draft discussion. If you're, if you're the, a lot of these teams, especially with big trades like Juan Soto, in the works you can't go spend and burn up your farm system without knowing how it's going to be able to be replenished and how it's going to be replaced and a draft would have completely changed the management strategy for all of that and so until they knew a lot of teams at least i'm sure until they knew definitively what they would be looking at for the next couple years i think it was very hard for teams to really give up large amounts and high level prospects until they knew what they would be able to replace them with. The other thing that's going to need to move is Juan Zota. I mean, the entire market is kind of being, is waiting around for him purely because every team that's buying right now still thinks they're in on him. I mean, most people perceive a team like the Mets to be out, but the Mets haven't said they're out. I mean, like that's kind of the situation we're in where it's like, There's like eight teams out of the, what is it, 14 now? There's at least eight of the 14 teams that think they've got a legitimate chance to go out and get Juan Soto right now. And that's kind of their top priority and will be their top priority until the last couple of days before this deadline where they have to actually settle in and say, all right, now we got to get serious. What do we need? Where do we go get it? So unless he moves in the next couple of days, we are gonna see a lot of trades very close to the deadline, I'd imagine. The other wrinkle here is the fact that Washington's been very upfront about the fact that they are way more interested in moving Josh Bell than they're, they are in moving Juan Soto right now, and that's their priority. They want Josh Bell off this roster before they look at any more Soto deals. So while everyone's, everyone else is focused on Soto, they're zagging the opposite way which is probably just slowing the whole process down.
2: Well, LJ, I'm going to honestly uh, keep it with you because one of the guys, probably the biggest name that we've heard, at least in real talks on the market, other than Juan Soto is uh, JD Martinez for the Red Sox. He's a free agent after this season. It only makes sense for the Red Sox to get rid of him. Um, yeah, break this down for us.
0: Um, yeah, look, this is a guy who has clearly proven his worth. Um, as you said before, free agent after this year came in right for that 2018 championship made a huge difference in that run. He's proven between last year and this year, particularly this year, that that 2020 was just. That wasn't him. That wasn't JD. And we're looking at a really a, quite a great hitter, a great DH right now. When you look at him, you're looking at a top three DH in the American League. And at the end of the day, any team would be happy with that. But if you're the Red Sox, you can't afford to keep around the 35-year-old DH, especially when you, you according according to your plans, can't afford to keep much more vital pieces. So if they're not willing to go out and trade Bogarts before he goes and walks on the market because you're not going to pay him, then at least give yourself a fighting chance by cutting some of that payroll down, by moving a guy like Martinez, give him a chance to go win somewhere again before things eventually do, you know. He's going to start regressing purely because of age sooner rather than later so this is his opportunity to get to a winner as for what winner that would be i feel like this is kind of one of the more wide open situations purely because there's there's a number of good teams and kind of right in your face teams that desperately need offense right now starting with the milwaukee brewers i mean you had andrew mccutcheon starting as your dh to start the year Since when has Andrew McCutcheon's primary skill set ever flattered the DH role? Never. Like that, that, that's not his game. That was clearly just a all right, let's take our next best player and put that in here. They didn't have the pure hitter for that spot. The Braves could also use some real production there. I'd love to see him go there. Those are both spots that he has a real shot to win. And I'm just, I'm not even going to really touch on this. The Cardinals are always in it. But again, that's the, my point being there. Those three teams, or at least two of those three teams, are so desperate for offense across the board that any help would be, would be very welcome.
2: Now, one last Red Sox question for you. Is it like 100% confirmed Xander Bogarts opting out after this season?
0: Yes. I mean, like
2: 100% going to happen.
0: Well, don't. All right, you can't necessarily say 100%. Crazier things have happened, but it's 99.9. Why do you ask?
2: Well, why would they not be? So are they just not going to trade him and let him go for free?
0: And clearly, they think that they've got an outside shot at re signing him, with, even after their horrendous offer, which made him decide he's going to test free agency. He he has told his told his people that he wants to test free agency this summer.
2: Means, I, I just see. don't get this Fenway sports group. Uh, I, I I've never understood their management. Seems like
0: they, none of us do, what, Brandon.
2: Seems like they put way more money into Liverpool than the actual Fenway. Don't, don't forget know.
0: also buying the Penguins and whatever this Vegas NBA team is gonna be are all more higher priority ron
2: owns part of fenway sports group right correct and so that way he can own part of this vegas nba team that him and his son will be playing for
0: correct um it's
2: jesus yeah, so the red sox are just like an the after red are hot and, mess all. Mess
0: and it's like how can you let everyone be the victim of this like Of all the guys to mess around the money with, I'll say it time and again, the guy who doesn't miss home games, the guy like genuinely refuses to miss home games, the guy who's been there through thick and thin, the guy who wants to win here so bad that not only did he take a pay cut, the first opportunity he got to take a pay cut, but he also helped recruit the guy who's going to end up replacing him. How sad is that? How bad does that look on your organization?
2: But they don't I just don't bracket. get it. Like, they, they choose to spend money on guys that they didn't home grow. Like, Mookie Betts, I understand that situation, but there's just been so many other examples where the Red Sox had an opportunity to re-sign a guy that they brought up through their farm system and they instead opted for a free agent.
0: They're, they're basically, w- at this point, willing to take the bargain over the real deal.
2: Yeah, they'll, like, they'll take no matter the agent bargain.
0: Exactly. And that's why they, really, that's, again, why they brought in Trevor Story. They saw Trevor Story as not being as good as Xander Bogart's. Even, even in his best years in Colorado, he wasn't as good as Xander is. You saw that, and you saw that you could get him for, like, $100 million cheaper then you can get Xander Bogarts for, keep Xander Bogarts for. And so you decide to go with the worst option, the non-homegrown option, the one that doesn't, isn't attached to the fans, the one that doesn't have the history just for that extra, that extra savings. And that's how they're going to go about all their business at this point. I mean, I don't know how they're going to, they're probably not planning on replacing Rafi just because of what they've got coming up, but
2: so he's just going to walk two after next year or what?
0: At this rate, because you can't deny that both of these guys deserve bags.
2: Well, yeah.
0: I Z- Z- Devers is going
2: to get $300 million.
0: Xander more than Rafi deserves the absolute back right now.
2: Devers should get an Arenado-type contract. As a third baseman, there's no reason why he shouldn't. Oh, and,
0: and the heartbreaking part about this too is he he said the thing that the pro red Sox people in the mookie Betts debate wanted mookie to say all along i want a deal that will make me a red sock for life he wants the long-term deal they're not willing to give him the long-term deal or the money at this point it's a joke but at the same but again at the same time Heinblum says that they're both probably going to be on the team after the deadline. So I don't get the play. There's, there's no long play here.
2: Well, the only guy, the only team I've heard linked to Xander Bogart's potentially is the Phillies. Um, it would make sense for sure. Um, there's no argument there, really.
0: No, not at all. That'd be, that'd be a good, uh, that, that's a good decent city fit, too.
2: As much as I love Didi, he's he's been struggling this year for sure. One home run.
0: The other thing I, I mean you kind of have to bring up here is if they lose the Juan Soto race, which they probably won't at this point, St. Louis is probably my favorite spot for him to be. As much as I keep hyping up the him going to Atlanta just because I'd like to see him as a brave it makes a ton of sense to bring him to St. Louis move Tommy Edmond back to second just to get that extra bat in there. You know, all of a sudden that, that lineup looks even better. And short st- or that extra middle infield spot is certainly somewhere that's been lacking. I'm not like Nolan Gorman's all fine and good. He isn't Xander Bogarts. That is a huge upgrade there.
2: Yeah. No, um, that would be a good spot. Um, I saw something the other day about Soto, or it might have been today. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was today. Um, that someone asked like a bunch of MLB executives where they think the favorite is to land Soto, and the Cardinals and Padres were tied for first among the votes.
0: Tied now is interesting because every everyone I'd heard before that it's, it's been a runaway on uh, St. Louis. It's just, I don't know, I feel like St. Louis has more prospects that I don't feel could miss. And maybe that's me Ooh. not being obsessed with Mackenzie Gore.
2: Mackenzie Gore is super legit in my mind. But he's hurt now. He got hurt yesterday.
0: And, and past that, he just hit past the, like Gore, the, the rest of that package is it is as strong as what St. Louis would be able to do going all in.
2: CJ Abrams has been extremely highly touted for his whole prospect. Oh,
0: I'm not, I'm not doubting him, but if we're taking, if we're let's take the top two people in each deal out of the equation, let's take, um, I don't know who we wanted to say, Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman or Jordan Walker and Matthew Libertor out of the Soto deal for St. Louis, put them aside. Put Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams aside. From the way I'm seeing it, the way I'm grading out these trades, every other guy that I've seen added into these pieces as the third, fourth, fifth, sixth pieces, they they aren't as strong in names. They're not as strong as candidates on the San Diego side. So what I'm saying is once you get out of that first group, you're not going to have as many guys that I think can be guaranteed hits.
2: Yeah, I, I really think it's still kind of a toss-up between those two teams. We've seen A.J. Preller uh, make some deals out of nowhere. Um, and so I'll always think the Padres are a player in these big name oh, deals. Sure. A.J. Preller is built different.
0: Now, here's another situation that I'm, we should be monitoring. And I'm not really sure what the answer is here, except for the answer that's been the same answer for, like, it feels like a dozen years right now. Atlanta. Yes, there's other things they need. They have one clear, clear, glaring hole, and it's not that extra outfield spot. They need a second baseman, and they need a second baseman bad.
2: Yeah, Robbie Cano not cutting it.
0: it he, and he never was going to cut it. They were kind of just – it was a prayer there, let's be real. And Robbie's trying to figure out how many teams he can play for this year. But um, who is the answer? Why is it Whitmerfield? And what other option is there? Like, he's the only guy that I can think of being moved that's going to play that spot unless you move, again, move a guy like uh, Xander Bogarts over to second for the first time in his career. Atlanta just needs
2: batters. I mean, they have no depth. They're, they're benched. They got Mike Ford up right now. Uh, and as a Yankees fan, I can tell so you. You're not
0: helping yourself here. This dude was a staple. That experience, for is, Yankees teams.
2: That experience of Mike Ford is atrocious. Yeah. Um, You know, Orlando Arcia, who isn't bad, but um, he's got basically no power. Guillermo Heredia, another guy with essentially no power and has been a really bad hitter. Um, They just need bats. There's so many teams that could use an extra bat off the bench, and um, it's just a matter of... (laughs) When are the dominoes gonna to start to fall? Like we talked about right at the beginning of the episode.
0: Yeah, but this is this is more than just a bench path that they need, they need a clear part of their starting oh, yeah. lineup. Like this isn't I like, negotiable. I like I like the Wit Merrifield
2: fit. No, I like I like wit there a lot.
0: But but the odds at this point, I've given up on all entirely on the odds of Kansas City ever trading with Merrifield.
2: Even, as, even this year he when he's like, deal? isn't he a free agent after? Or no, wow. He's only on a $2 million contract next year. How yeah, is that?
0: This guy, yeah, he's got a mutual option on 24, which he'll obviously not. Decline, For a lot decline, of money. But yeah. yeah. Either way, again, they. they've let's remind ourselves, they've absolutely blown this deal. They've had opportunities for the last like five years to give this guy up, and now all of a sudden we're looking at the negative war with Merrifield, the 83 OPS plus Whit Merrifield. It's it's a shell. It's a shell of what he once was. And at this point, what what are you even going to get from from Atlanta for him? What are you going to get from any team for him? There's no, there's no really is no good second base options this year. There's no Nick Magical going anywhere, which wasn't even an adding. It was going the other way on a deal. But like that's the most high pro- profile guy we've seen shift teams as a second baseman in the last two, three years. Like there's just not, I don't know if it's the position a positional issue, like depth-wise or just the way things have been going. But I don't know. I just don't see answers here at all.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, Did you want to transition to that, to our second guy or one of the other guys that we wanted to focus on? um, And we'll go to Detroit with Tariq Skubal.
0: Absolutely. Um, There's Yeah, there's not much to earlier report here um the tigers are listening on tariq's cabal. is this smart yes you always listen on just about everybody is this going to happen no it's not because this team is set for the future with this uh group but with that being said Brandon, who do you think is the best fit
1: hi i'm maria and i'm mike and we're team team ready. ready Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com teamready team ready.
2: There's a lot of teams that could, that could use a starting pitcher right now um, for sure. And, you know, you've got to look at the contenders. Um, you know, a team that I, yeah, I'm going to just throw the Yankees hat in there. I think it's very unlikely, but obviously could use a starting pitcher. They're really linked to Luis Castillo. But, you know, Brian Cashman last year out of nowhere just goes and gets Andrew Heaney. Um, uh, it well,
0: let's not talk like, all right, no disrespect to Andrew Heaney he he's been really good of late in the last couple of years but he isn't what Therese scuval could
2: be no i know but i'm just talking about like a random pitcher that the yankees would go out and acquire okay. um just so happened that we ended up going and getting him remember when the yankees like in 2017 or 2018 traded for lance lynn like we had lance lynn on our team for a few games like yes we actually did believe it or not um but yeah Uh, As for other teams, um, like I said, there's so many teams that could use starting pitching. I don't even know where to begin. Tampa could definitely use another starter. And I feel like that would be a nice fit. They have the prospects to give up. Um, You know, other teams that are contending, uh, potentially a National League team. um, But then again, like who's even players? For a starter, there, you know, I feel like we 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 keep throwing the same teams like St. Louis, but these are just teams that have prospects that they're willing to give up.
0: Um, I've got another. I've got two more players in this. One I'm much more bullish on than the other. The one I'm more bullish on is the Baltimore Orioles. We know we know that they should be buyers cautious buyers at this deadline, continue to put pieces together for the future. And the opportunity you have here is to go out and get a guy who in his third season, his age 25 season has a three, eight, eight ERA. He's consistently looking better and better. I mean, with the exception of his strikeout numbers, it's continual improvement across the board for him over these last couple of years. And, you know, the sky's the limit for him and really everybody in this Detroit group Detroit has an opportunity to have a terrific rotation all the way through but if Baltimore went out and did that a year or two from now they're going to have a terrific rotation too because you've got those that staple 3 your 1 through 3 of um what's the name Grayson Rodriguez excuse me Grayson Rodriguez Tariq Skubal And uh, oh my gosh, it's terrible. I'm just like,
2: John means.
0: Thank you, John means. Having those, getting those three onto this Baltimore team as the position players come up is going to give this team such an edge, such a, uh, such help that that would be a really formidable group. So again,
2: him staying. Don't forget about, don't forget about uh, DL Hall, who is, he's the 24th ranked prospect. He's a pitching prospect as well. What
1: Which my only
0: about? reason, my only skepticism with that is, what are they going to have to give up for Tariq Scootball? Would yeah. Would a DL Hall have to be in it?
2: I think um, I would think so.
0: I think a Colton Cowser is also very much in play, at least when it comes. One of to, their t-
2: it's it's at least a few of their top prospects. Tariq is no bum here.
0: No, he's not, and the opportunity to ideally you want to go. If you're Baltimore, you're willing to give up top prospects, guys, particularly guys like Colton or Colby Mayo, for this deal because they're very young. You, they're a, they're a lot farther away from their major league window than the other guys are. And so if they're not at their major league, if they're that far away, there's a lot of things that could change based on their potential. The guys who have the 23-24 ETAs, have a much higher chance of panning out than the guys that have later on estimated times of arrival to the major leagues. That's just, that's just the facts. So in my eyes, I go for try to give the younger guys who a team like Detroit, especially a team who really could use long-term position players, they'll have to jump on because, you know, if, if three years from now they could have, a everyday starter that's going to be worth it to them. They're going to see it as worth it because this team has so far to go on that side, that front. So that would be beneficial either way. The other team I was going to mention, Miami, very similar situation. Yes, they are I know they already have a wealth of options among the pitchers, but he would be he certainly with, with everybody healthy, Tariq's is in that rotation no matter what. So I think that would be an interesting guy with extra service that you could go and go and give up. One of their guys is also coming up close to his contract time too, isn't he? Am I completely crazy on that?
2: Well, I I know Braxton Garrett has been dealing for the Marlins like out of nowhere, like since July started, he's put together four really nice starts. Um, just another guy for the Marlins. I mean, they've got a lot of guys. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jesus Lizardo, who um, has been battling injuries this year. He's been out for quite a while since um, early May, but I'm a big fan of him. He had some really nice starts earlier in the year. I remember, against um, the Angels, of course, Edward Cabrera, Max, Max Mayer, Meyer. Um, They've I mean, it's certainly some, not
0: necessary, but.
2: And their top prospect can't be opposed. The Marlins' top prospect, Yuri Perez, ranked number six overall. He's a nineteen-year-old pitcher, six foot eight, two hundred twenty pounds. Um, the pitching is so so deep there that you're almost begging them to get some hitting because it's just year after year they can't put together a, a solid offense.
0: Again, part of that is money too. So I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna put that too much on their ability to trade here because you know they could easily go out and get a serviceable lineup. They just have chosen not to. That's ultimately what drove Derek Sheeter out the out the door. We we know what this team's priorities are.
2: Well, LJ, I believe the third guy we were gonna talk about, um who did, you, who did we say? Oh, Ian Hap. We
0: said Ian Hapapa, but we also should probably mention the fact that there was some movement on the Wilson Contreras front. We talked about him a little bit sure. yesterday and the day before. And really all I, I've heard today on that was that there is a possibility, there have been talks between the Mets and the Cubs about a deal that would send uh, Robertson – and Contreras to New York.
2: David Robertson on the bullpen. Okay.
0: Any thoughts on that in particular? I know the Yankees have been in on um, Robertson a little bit again.
2: Robertson would certainly make sense for the Yankees. We drafted him all the way back in, I think, 2006. Was a big part of some of those teams for me growing up. Um, Would certainly make sense, but um, he's fairly highly – you know, a lot of teams are, are going to be going after him because he's been so good this year. Um, and all these contenders could definitely use another arm out of the bullpen. It's something you hear every trade deadline, but it's so true. You, you get to the playoffs when you're playing those such highly intense games day after day. You could really use another really solid arm out of the bullpen and why not go and get a David Robertson who's been pitching so well um, would make sense for the Mets make sense for the Yankees makes sense for the Dodgers um, really any of these contenders. Um, I think you can pick any team in the league. That's good. And um, this guy would be a fit. There's no team that has a perfect bullpen right now.
0: Yeah. And again, what do you think the, what do you think even is the package? like if we had not ask. much
2: really like really not much he's an old he's an old reliever no no,
0: no I, I mean if you're the Mets for, to get both Contreras and Robertson
2: ooh well Contreras is a free agent after this year right yes i mean one top 100 prospect and you're good along with you know some other filler prospects
0: i'd suppose again i don't know i just
2: how much are you really like how much can the Cubs really ask for when they're both free agents after this year? Or Well at least Contreras is a free agent, and Robertson is very old.
0: They can only ask for in a lot of cases, they wouldn't. Yeah, they both ask for much. If this was the next guy we're going to talk about, Ian Happa, you can't ask for that much. However, with a guy like Wilson Contreras, this is a guy who... You know, th- this type of catcher doesn't come ar- along every day. Granted, it very well might be coming next year for the Mets. So they could probably afford to have him be a rental. But I think if the majority of teams are going to go into this, into a Wilson Contreras trade with the mindset that they're going to do whatever they have to, to get this guy back in the fold, maybe even not even let him hit free agency at this point, because, how can you let a guy like this, a guy like Will Smith, a guy like JT Real Muto, this level, this caliber of catcher, you're not going to be able to replace that if you're any other team but the Mets right now. So I just see that creates a very high uh, – that creates a higher
2: price. Certainly. No, you're not wrong. Um, the Cubs are in an interesting spot for sure and I really don't know what they do. I mean, they're third in the NL Central, but they're still 17 games under 500. This is one of the weakest divisions I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's really not, bad. And it's, let's not pretend there have ever been contenders. There's a reason we haven't noticed that they're um, third in the Central. Like, yeah. this is a team with a long way to go an entire offense to build and really an entire team to build at this point. I don't think Nico do
2: that. Horner, let me say. Super underrated. Hitting super over th-
0: underrated, he's not a superstar. They have nothing. No, but
2: I LJ, I want to say Nico Horner now leads all players, and now it's above average or is close. No. Yeah, he's he's been
0: that can't be true. He's
2: that's been that's
0: impossible.
2: He's been jumping up there, LJ. Wanna know who else? Super underrated? DJ Lemayhu. Go look at his outs above average and his weighted to runs to created plus. Should have been an all star easily. Now. Okay. Nico Horner, 99th percentile. 99th percentile for Nico Horner and outs above average.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I, I, knew, I knew there was no way he'd caught Jonathan. Yes.
2: He, he has 11. Jonathan Scope has 20.
0: Yeah, it's. Yeah, but it's, it's,
2: Nico Horner's still top five.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm not disputing that. But back on the um, DJ LeMayhew front, what is that mostly? Is it him? Has he taken? He hasn't taken a spot fully. I don't understand how he's doing it. He's really more my. He's question. just
2: incredible in the field everywhere he plays and is a fantastic hitter. That's it. You know, he's top 10 in the, in war in the AL. He's top 10 in the AL in a lot of stats. So underrated this year. No one's talking about him. Should have been an all-star. I mean, one of the biggest snubs, in my opinion. And I didn't even realize it until, honestly, as of late. Hold on. I'll tell you right now. I retweeted this the other day. DJ has just been, he, he's been so good. Um... I mean, you're talking like a 135 later runs created plus this year. That's the DJ the Yankees signed back um, av- after the 2020 offseason. That's, that's what we were expecting.
0: Well, before we wrap up and while you've pulled those, I'll preview into uh, Ian Happapa. Very interesting situation, a very interesting Cub to move as he's been, again, the heart and the core of this entire offense this year and overall having the best year of his career at age 27 and it really isn't close um slash line of 282 367 445 with nine home runs and 44 rbis in total he ends up with 2.9 wins above replacement that is currently 1.3 higher than any other year of his entire career granted granted 2020 was very good for him good to him and if he had a full season that's probably way up but regardless of that this is this is this is the best of him you're getting a guy in his prime what are you thinking brennan
2: he's been really good this year there's there's no questioning that you know LJ, how do you see Ian Hapapa's value? Because is this a guy the Cubs might just want to, you know, keep around?
0: Knowing the Cubs, no. Should they? Yes. I genuinely think this
2: guy has... He's pretty good. He's pretty good.
0: Yeah. He's really good, honestly. I'm pleasantly surprised by what he has going right now those numbers are no joke there's no there's no two he's had
2: over a hundred waiter runs created plus every year of his career
0: yeah he's always been consistently good but this is great production that you're all of a sudden seeing out of him and they'll probably capitalize they'll probably feel like they have to capitalize on it but he's also going incredibly under the radar with these numbers My first thought that I that I jumped out to was really the Braves. In the Braves situation, I'm like, oh, he could definitely I could see him being that extra bench bat. All of a sudden, you go to his stats and you're not putting him on the bench. This is a guy as a bona fide everyday starter. This guy shouldn't be going for a platoon price, but I feel like that's kind of the way he's been talked about. He's, He's the, without a better word redheaded stepchild of this whole group I don't know I just I I feel like he's probably one of the more under the radar picks that everyone seems to think they know is definitely going somewhere next year which is really I, I find interesting but the team that I think could really do well with him is the Minnesota Twins the quietest division leader in all of baseball I mean they're they're flat-out going to need more to get them over the hump. This is the 12th-ranked offense in the entire league. I mean, you, you really you need a bump up from there, and I think he could definitely be that step. You know, he probably goes in and replaces. He could theoretically DH, but more likely he'll take Alex Korolov out of that outfield and over generally give you more flexibility. I like him making that move quite a bit. I like that them making that move quite a bit. And for a team that clearly has never really wanted to give up much for anything, I feel like this is the best this is the best player you're gonna be able to get at a price that is reasonable for the Minnesota Twins. Like in the next five years. Like
2: Yeah, that's a good is. that's a good under the radar team. Again, I'll throw the Yankees hat in the ring. They're definitely going to be shopping for an outfielder. We've heard Andrew Benintendi, David Peralta, Ian Happ. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys ends up in pinstripes. Um,
0: Can we talk but- about Andrew Benintendi tomorrow? Because yeah. I think that's probably the most interesting one after Juan Soto to me. Just because Definitely he- the
2: most talk after Juan Soto.
0: Well, it's the most talk, but it's also like he also has a much smaller marketability, and it's a shame that he does, but it's a thing we genuinely have to talk about because there are are three teams that really could use a guy like Andrew Benintendi on their team. Those three teams – I mean, there's more than that, but there's three, three of the teams that could really use him can't go out and get him. It's impractical for them to go out and get him. And that is the Yankees, that is the Red Sox, and that is the Rays, all because of the Toronto Blue Jays. So that takes out a huge chunk of his market, and I'd really love to explore that tomorrow.
2: Absolutely. We can for sure um, go through that tomorrow, but um. Do you have anything else today? We're all set. Well, thank you for listening. We will continue trade Mageddon tomorrow. LJ, we are very rapidly approaching this August 2nd deadline. I'm very excited for the next few days.
0: We are very much Mageddoning at this point.
2: Well, I will talk to you tomorrow. We'll see you. Follow us, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. See you tomorrow.
0: See you manana.
1: winner.